The show you're about to hear is a member of the Plains Talkers Podcast Network. To find out more, go to plainstalkerspodcast.com. Plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one mana. Well, I mean, all the good ones do. Did you know that when you're playing Days and Force of Will against a ninja deck, you're a very unhappy person because they don't cast anything. I would say winning is boring, but I wouldn't know. I didn't do. I wasn't very bored on <laughs> right. Sunday. Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Matt. And we are Cantrip Cartel, and we're here to talk magic. We are proud members of the Plains Talkers Podcasting Network. Our flagship show, Plains Talkers Podcast, records on Mondays, and they talk about pretty much anything standard and commander. Be sure to check them out on Twitch on Monday at Plains Talkers, and also on Wednesday for their Commander Craft Show. Matt, how are you doing this week? I'm doing well. I'm on vacation. Sunday was the uh, first day of my vacation this week. Uh, we went down to a paper tournament and played in that for Legacy, so we can talk about that later. But I'm on vacation, so I'm going to be killing demons in hell in Diablo 2, playing that all week. Get up, take care of the dog, play some Diablo. Stay logged in because there's queues because yeah. so many people are playing it. Pretty much every time I come in, Matt's in the basement playing Diablo, and I swear it's always the same map it looks like. Uh, very maps. Yeah. <laughs> I see a lot of grinding, though. I, yep. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's grinding bosses for gear. That's yep. what I'm doing. So there's better and worse loot spots, and I just kind of float around the different ones and grind, you know, Mephisto until I get bored, and then I move on to Diablo because he's got a little more to him, and then when I get frustrated with Diablo, I go to do Pendleskin and swap around and just play at my leisure. It's a great game. Bunch of stuff that means nothing to me. Yep. As for me in my week, um, I also went to a pretty cool legacy event on Sunday that I'll talk about later. We got to go together. Yep. The only other thing I've been doing really is I've been playing through Dark Souls, like I said, and we were kind of talking about before the show, like, oh, what have I done last week? What have I, I've been grinding Dark Souls kind of like you, where I hop on and just spend a few hours killing mobs, working through areas. Mm -hmm. And the one thing I did that was, it surprised me was uh, moving through, I went to, it's like, ah, oh, I'll just start fighting Pontiff Sullivan. I don't know why Pontiff Sullivan just bends me over a barrel, which you don't know who that is, but he's just a powerful boss. Yep. And I was able to, I took him down. I won, I didn't one shot him, but I took him down in one fight. I was really surprised and impressed. Just that, strolled on in there like, guess what, Pontiff? Oh, I'm I didn't do that. Your butt. <laughs> it was pretty close. <laughs> I was pretty low on. Uh, and he's like, oh, you think so? <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty low on Do you remember what flasks. game you're playing? <laughs> but by the end of it, I was still alive and he wasn't. So I was pretty pleasantly surprised to see that the last seven or eight times I played this game, I did actually learn how to beat Pontiff Sullivan. It's great when you can show like prove to yourself very yep. clear improvement. The first time I played the game, I ended up getting a I play I I fought him four or five times and I kept dying as you do. And then I got some online help from a guy just kind of he just had a summon sign so I summoned him and he was a high level magic user so he was just blasting from across the map and mm -hmm. killed him in like four hits. And I was like, "Oh, cool." So the second time I played through the game, I went ahead and told myself no help on any bosses. I want to do every boss by myself and then proceeded to spend I think 3 days fighting Pontiff Sullivan. <laughs> I used to just spawn in. I had the, it's one of those things like when you're playing Diablo, I know exactly the route to take to avoid getting hit by all the mobs, just to sprint in there and immediately die. And then try to learn his mechanics. And try to and learn. And I just, it took me so long to be able to beat him. And I think the reason is Pontiff Sullivan is a very like, the, the boss fight gets much easier if you can parry him well. Mm -hmm. You can parry his blows away and repost him. So you give him a backstab. And I'm just awful. I'm awful at parrying. Right. So as I've gotten better about parrying, which the fight I did the other night, I parried him quite a couple of times and, Got it. But to do it uh, the first time by myself took me probably between seven and 15 hours just just to do the one boss. Oh, my God. I was I hated Pontiff Sullivan. I think 
I think when I finally beat him, I just put the game down for like a week and be like, oh, I need a break. Relax. Or the re- the happiness wash over me. So speaking of happiness washing over you, how's Legacy looking? Uh, Legacy doesn't look too bad this week in particular. I'm going to jump in. This week, we have a bunch of stuff to talk about with our tournament. So I think what we should do this week is let's just focus on Sunday challenges. Let's just run through and no distractions, no interruptions. We'll read deck lists. We'll read percentages and we'll move on through because I want to spend a lot of time on the tournament this week. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, that doesn't seem like it's going to be that big of a problem in Legacy because the Saturday challenge didn't fire once again. Whoops. Looking at the Sunday challenge for Legacy, Four Color Loam brought it home. Uh, Looks like a pretty standard loam list from what I know about it. You know, nothing super exciting. There uh, does have Ragavans, but that seems pretty common in Legacy now. Next, we've got Rug Good Stuff. So Mm. it's just running basically the best cards in the format. Ragavan, DRC, Murktide, Uro, Urza's Saga, Expressive Iteration. Basically all the cards we've talked about that need to... That are potential ban targets. No surprise that that deck did well. Third, we've got Elves. Hooray. Looks like mm-hmm. pretty standard Elf list. Uh, the only change there, that one doesn't look like it's running Grist. It's got a couple fewer lands and just runs a third uh, once upon a time. Again, a little less consistency, a little more power. And we've got Azorius, Karn, Echoes. Seen that deck before. Reanimator. Uh, we've got High Tide coming in at sixth, and we've got what is listed as Miracles, but it's, I mean, it's Miracles only in the most technical sense. It runs one Terminus, but it's basically, it's just three color control we've or four color lot. control. A lot of the Miracles lists lately have dropped really heavily on yeah. Miracles. Yep. You want to run one Terminus because it's a very powerful card with all the cantrips. You see it way more frequently than you should. And it just sitting on the top of your deck. I mean, it's one mana too often when it's cast. Mm-hmm. And then rounding out the top eight, we've got Yorion Death and Taxes. Gotcha. You want to run through some of our uh, relevant percentages as we do every week? Elves is the most individually played deck in the top 32 at three. Matt, how many times did you register for that event? Uh, Seven. (laughs) (laughs) I only managed to get three in the top 32. No, that was, we were busy that day. Mm -hmm. Um, Elves is the top, it's got listed as other. Monogreen Cloud Post is the other uh, three of in the top 32. Most played cards is going to sound very familiar to everybody here. Force of Will, Brainstorm, Ponder, Ragavan, Days is the top five there. And top creatures, Ragavan, Murktide, Endurance, Dragon Rage Channeler, and then going back to this, Allosaurus Shepherd yep. being the t- fifth most played in this challenge. Obviously, Make, makes sense. In the top 32 of this challenge, I should say. Yeah. You got that many lists in your top 32 in general, and you know for a fact they're all running for Allosaurus Shepherd. For total, or just spells, Force Will, Brainstorm, Ponder, Days, Pyroblast. Almost identical to what we've been seeing yep. week after week after week. Pretty consistent. Not, n- yeah, nothing's nothing super exciting about this challenge from a statistical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, about the only thing I wanted else to talk about is, given that this is the nature of things, there was a Twitch video that was posted on the Reddit, the MTG Legacy subreddit. Mm-hmm. An official from Wizards has talked about Legacy being in the conversation at the Bandon restricted, like yeah. Uh, well, we we just conversations. I, I got to just watch it with you, and they were just basically talking about. They acknowledged that we've. I mean, we didn't get a Saturday challenge again. We're looking at six weeks without a Saturday challenge. He basically acknowledged that. They know and they're talking about it. Yeah. So there hasn't been, you know, there hasn't, they haven't said anything specific. Yeah. They haven't even said if there's going to be a ban. Just mm-hmm. Wizards is aware that there are some problems in Legacy. It's basically what that, yep. you know, amounted to. So I don't want to give anybody advice. So I won't say what to do with your cards, but, well, you know. We, we can pull the uh, the limited resources bit where they uh, they have a new sponsor and it's an investment. I mm-hmm. like we are not investment specialists. We are not MTGO price specialists. I'm not going to tell you what cards to buy. I have no credentials to tell you to buy or not buy Ragavans, but 
I'm not buying Ragavans anytime soon. I'm not either. I'm not buying anything MH2 anytime soon. Right. That's the thing is like if we saw what the band, if they banned a couple of them and then you could kind of make a, you know, an educated guess as to where things were going to fall out. But like there's you couldn't I mean, you could pay me to buy Ragavans, obviously, but like there's no way I don't I don't think I'd spend 10 bucks for on Ragavan right now unless my plan was to immediately flip it. Yeah. Yeah, it's. It's something to keep our eyes on, because if they're talking about it, you should be too, if you're planning on buying these cards. Yep, and like we talked about before, you don't want to get got. Yep, so, it feels bad. Yeah, if you have a tournament to play and you need those cards, that's one thing. If you don't, some of some of them are on the chopping block. We don't yeah. know which ones. Yep, so some, yes. buyer well, beware. We'll say something, something might be. Right. Yep, so popping over to Modern. Like I said, we're just going to do the Sunday Challenge for Modern this week. Especially because Sunday Modern Challenge was won by Char Belcher. Yay! So that's just I nobody saw that coming, obviously. <laughs> right. It was a pretty cool list. It's a it's a it's a no land Char Belcher. It's running a lot of the flip lands, the I call them bolt lands, where they are spell on one side and the backside's a you pay three life for an untapped land. Pretty cool list. I, I was pretty surprised to see it come in because the the Sunday metagame as far as the top eight concerned was actually very low diversity in my opinion mm-hmm. uh, modern we agree modern's in a relatively good place and the saturday challenge was much better but the sunday challenge was not a very good showing for like how good modern is so first place it's listed as seismic swans on mtg goldfish which is hilarious it's char belcher then we have azorius control jeskai mid-range which it's it, it, i looked at it it's a jeskai mid-range with very little blue i mean we're talking about i think we're talking three to fairy in the main and then like some fluster storms and maybe one more blue spell on the side but Jeskai Midrange, then Azorius Control, Living End, Living End, Azorius Control, and then at the bottom we had a Murktide Regent blue-red style Ragavan DRC deck. So kind of something you're kind of seeing in Legacy a little bit. Yeah. But... And that deck's been floating around for a while. Yeah, it's a great deck in yeah. Modern. It's not as good as Legacy because you don't have the ability to protect the Queen as well. Yep, and you still, don't have the cantrips to dump into the yard every Exactly. Time. But the, still, the cards are still amazing. Um, Not a very diverse top eight. Not represent not representative of modern, but not a very not a very diverse top eight. So, uh, in the meta or in the top thirty two, best most played deck was a blue red control is what's listed as, and it's not is it Delver or is it Tempo like I was thinking when I see blue red control. It's literally like a blue red control deck with counter spells, burn spells, and some planeswalkers to wrap it up. Now I just clicked on blue red control. I don't know what all lists got categorized into that. There may have been some is it Tempo decks that got miscategorized. That's that's kind of weird. We've never seen a blue red control yeah. listed on goldfish. Yeah, but. most of the time they splash white for a few, you know, yeah. the plain basically, I mean, primarily to fairy. You've also got yep. solitude, prismatic ending, prismatic ending, which oh. all kind of float around in those control lists to varying degrees. Kind of weird, but that that we got six decks listed as blue red control, five decks as crashing footfalls, which on Sunday didn't show anything in the top eight, but I believe on Saturday we had one or two in the top eight. Um, we, we had a week or two where Cascade kind of went away, maybe one or two, maybe one, and now it seems like Cascade's back. Yeah. So start packing those chalices again, guys. Murktide Regent, so that that blue, probably, that's probably more indicative of the blue-red tempo-style deck, Hammer Time, and then uh, we're down to the Seismic Swans Char Belcher, we're at, we're at two, so we have... So two Char Belcher decks in the top uh, 32? Apparently two in the top 32. So It's kind of funny so how... So someone plays Char Belcher, and then their friend also plays Char Belcher. Yeah, well, it's just kind of funny how you see that stuff pop up. We're like, we haven't seen a list like that blue-red... Con- like that hard blue-red control list mm-hmm. 
I mean, it, it could be flying under the radar. Obviously, we yeah. don't go over every well, single deck. But we read. But the, then we, we read these every week, yeah. and then out of nowhere, we've got and then six. six. <laughs> so if I had to guess, I would say between Seismic Swans, Char Belcher, and Blue Red Control is we've got some probably some popular streamers showing showcasing some either really cool brews and then or people, just some powerful decks. And you know, you, people like Aspiring Spike. I don't know if he played it or not, but he has the ability to warp a metagame. He hops on, shows, and he's an amazing player. He's he's a he's basically the Bryant Cook of. I wouldn't say he's the Bryant Cook. He's better than that. He plays everything, but he's just a phenomenal player in modern. He hops on, shows a couple of quick five votes of the deck. He he is often a trophy a trophy racer. Yeah, and you know everyone wants to pick up that deck because it's amazing, and he shows how good it can be. And in part because the deck is good, and also in part because he's an amazing player. Right? Did he ever? Uh, I know you said he made an elf's list. Did he ever? I haven't seen it with yet. Him? He might have streamed it. I don't think he puts up everything he streams. Gotcha. But I watch every day. I haven't seen him play it, so I need to check into one of his streams unfortunately he streams while i'm at work but i need to pop in and kind of talk to him and see because he's actually very active in his chats mm -hmm. uh see if yeah i'd be curious if he threw together an elf list and ran a couple leagues it. with it um just anyway. to see if it's got any chance yeah. at all yeah before you or if i wasted four dollars on rights of before you commit to sleeving it basically yeah. yeah i mean currently it would cost me more to sleeve it than to buy the rights of harmonies yeah <laughs> i mean You're, i have them yeah but like i've already i mean it's I not that you. big of a deal but so we'll talk most played cards counterspell Prismatic Ending, Teferi Time Raveler, Lightning Bolt, Endurance. I was your top five. What was your top five this time? The top creatures, Endurance and Fury in one and two. Those are pretty interesting. So uh, I did see on Saturday a lot of those elemental style decks. And I've yeah. seen a couple in the top 32, especially of Sunday. Um, the ele that elemental deck, that Yoran Elementals deck, is is really growing in popularity. I think it's a very toolboxy style deck. Just has a lot of a lot of ways to attack the board. And so people are really kind of leaning into it. Yep. And we're seeing that especially when we're seeing again endurance and fury in our top our top one and two slot. And people love blinking. Yep. Like getting that free value is just a very satisfying thing to do in magic. Can't confirm it feels good. Yeah. So you're just like, oh cool, I gotta, you know, it's like in to pull off a little mini splinter twin combo where it's just like, oh I you know, the, the Voltron assembles where it's like I got this and a good pitch card and then I can bounce it with ephemerate and then do it again and get some crazy, crazy value. Yep. So third place Ragavan, fourth place solitude, and then fifth place Shardless Agent, because Cascades everywhere. Yep, cascades everywhere. Top spells. Counterspell, Prismatic Ending, Teferi Time Raveler, Lightning Bolt, and Mystical Dispute. Almost the same as our most played our most played cards. Yeah. So those Makes those sense. spells are are those are that's where we're at right now for modern. Like we said, even though this isn't a great showcase of what I want modern to be, modern is great. And I've been playing some modern, I've been watching modern, looking at the Saturday challenge. This is something happened on Sunday. By no Control means players showed up to play. Yeah, by no means is this indicative of the format's degrading. It, yeah. This is fine. So that's our challenges for the weekend, at least what we're going to talk about. Next, we wanted to run through really quick. There was a super large secret layer super drop announcement that yep. included, I want to say like eight or nine drops total. And in that somewhere is included the universes beyond. Uh, what, what's the show called? Stranger Things. Stranger Things secret drop. We'll talk about the drop really quickly. I think Matt and I are both in the relatively same opinion of this, this uh, universes beyond drop where as a general rule, we are pretty aggressively opposed to unique cards and drops. And yep. so we're not really big fans of these. You know, the idea that these these drops put in some really new, interesting or weird art styles. We were talking about it earlier. Yeah, like I'm a big fan of the horror movie thing. I don't usually play cards that don't look like magic cards, but yep. like just like I wouldn't mind having those just sitting in a binder to look at. Like they're, they look really cool. It's not something I would throw in my yeah. deck, but it like, you know. So the way I was thinking about it, and I kind of talked to you a little bit, though, like my feelings are a lot of them I don't particularly like unless they don't look like magic cards to me. 
but it also isn't my place to tell anybody in particular what their magic card should look like. Yeah. So I'm not mad at anybody for wanting to pick up any of these super cool, crazy arts. They don't, I don't like them for the most part. They're not cool. Like the, the only one I bought was the Seb McKinnon. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't because they were super crazy. They weren't heavy metal posters. It was just a really cool stylized art of like damnation. Yep. Um, but, and he's one of he's the a top five magic artists, art, um, artist, but I'm not gonna tell anyone what their protein Hulk should look like. So I'm cool with that relatively against unique cards being printed only in secret layers. Yeah. And on top of that, at least in my opinion, not only only in secret layers, but I'm also not a fan of the universes beyond unique cards in general. Yeah. Like I don't mind the, uh, in Ikoria when they did the Godzilla skins yep. where it was like, here's a magic card and here's a Godzilla skin. Those are effectively just altars. Yeah. Cool. If wizards wants to print altars, there's plenty of people that do that already. That's exactly. fine. The stranger things thing, the stranger things, uh, drop, is like a double whammy. Not only are they me- mechanically unique cards, but at least initially when this stuff started to come out, they were only going to be in the exactly. layer drop. Yep. Now, we do have good news on that. Front. Yeah, and so we wanted to give some points to Wizards. The Wizards came out a little while ago and said, you know, guys, we get that you don't like unique cards in a secret layer drop. That's pseudo a second reserve list. Yep. And so we're going to put them into set boosters on the list. And a lot of us kind of had some outcry being like, wow, Wizards, could you do less to help us here? Because yeah. the idea that you're putting these cards on a list of cards that get dropped into a, one in every couple set boosters, and the list has several hundred cards that you could get any one random card from, it felt like a very disingenuous solution to the problem of these cards are going to have incredibly low to zero extra availability. People are legitimately upset about that. Like, yeah. That's a very real reason to yep. be upset I'm because we see every, especially as legacy players, we see what reserve list does to a format. Mm-hmm. So and like the, making more cards that will never be reprinted again. The reserve list is, is, bad is thing. almost certainly the highest contention talking point when it comes to magic, especially when you talk about players and wizards talking yeah. to each other. Yep. So they did, they nailed this though. So they talked, they said that we're going to put them on the list. What I have recently learned is that not, they're not on the list. They're going to be there's going to be a secret layer equivalent um, unique drop card in one in every eight set boosters. And that is a very high drop that's, rate. Yeah, that's perfectly reasonable. When we were looking at, you know, you only got a, a list card in every two or three set boosters anyway. One in eight will have. And these are the so if like we have Will the Wizard, it's going to be the Magic Universe exactly. version of Will the Wizard. It's essentially the reverse of the Godzilla cards, yes. where you there was the regular Magic card and the Godzilla alternate. Essentially, Will will be the regular card, and the Magic will be the alternate. That's, yeah, but there, you know, you can't run four Wills in a deck, or sorry, you can't run eight Wills in a deck. They'll be mechanically the same with some weird naming conventions, but a high drop rate. And so, thank you, Wizards. Yeah, absolutely. That really brings a lot of my aggression against this style of magic printing down a lot. I'm still not in love with it. Yep. But that solves one of the big problems I had. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the funny thing is that actually, in my opinion, makes the secret layers better than the full sets. We talked about this earlier with the the full sets. They're not going to make one to one magic versions of the entire Lord of the Rings set. Mm-hmm. We're just stuck with Lord of the Rings. Yep. In magic, yep. whereas with the Stranger Things thing. There's going to be, you know, 10 cards or whatever, but they're going to have magic parallels. Yep, that will be directly printed for a very long time. Yeah, so, you know, in the off chance that any of these Stranger Things cards are good, I'm not forced to run a Stranger Things card in my Legacy deck, Mm -hmm. which just makes me gag a little bit, to be perfectly (laughs) honest. (laughs) Well, you can get a 
uh, probably a more standardized magic art. Right. And that's art naming conventions. Yeah. Like I just, I it's mean, just like what more... we talked, I like playing magic. I love Stranger Things. I've watched all three seasons mm -hmm. two or three times. It's one of my favorite Netflix exclusives. It's not one of my favorite shows, but it's very good. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I have no issues with the cards themselves, but I don't want to have to play them. Yeah. If they, if they became, when they inevitably mess one of these up and print the new true name nemesis in a secret layer. Yeah. And in order to be competitive, I have to play, you know, Galadriel yeah. <laughs> in my elf deck. We, we've had, we've had almost the exact discussion where it's like, yeah. I mean, we play magic. We like going to tournaments when we can. And, and, you know, we drove three and a half, four hours for this tournament. We brought relative, we want to bring competitive decks. Yep. And if that means playing these cards, we're getting in the position of, I'm not going to play a just a, a worse deck if I can avoid it. So do I eat my own words and buy these secret lair cards I don't like? Or do I maybe not play as much magic? Yep. And so... Or be worse doing, in a tournament. Wizards is doing a great job of making it so I don't have to make that choice. Yep. And I'm really happy to see that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like we've always said, uh, we are not afraid to criticize Wizards or anyone, yep. really. But in or, the same vein, we have to we, give them credit. Yep, we are going to call balls and strikes as we see them. This is great. The fact that our Wizards is has heard the outcry of legacy players is great. You know, we'll obviously when they make their decision, we'll talk about that mm -hmm. too. But just hearing, I mean, I think you would get a lot less vitriol from Magic players if there was just m more open communication about this yeah. stuff. Where it wasn't just like, well, they print a set and then six months later we're still dealing with the negative impacts of that with no word. Yeah, from exactly. Wizards. That's like, like I said, that one announcement you just told me about, like that soothes a lot of my heartache. Yeah, you're just like, oh, cool. I just had to ride this out for a minute like, and then it'll get better. Or we'll hear, like they're talking about it because we just get so little on our end. We, especially as legacy players. Especially as legacy players. There's plenty players. of feedback with standard and you know, even modern to some degree, but as a legacy player, you kind of feels like you're left out into the cold. Yeah. I can't imagine what it's like to be a vintage player. <laughs> they're, they're already frozen to death. Yeah, those guys are. <laughs> the vintage I mean, corpse is an icicle. <laughs> that's kind of, I was talking to some people at the tournament, we're getting a little ahead of it, but the that was kind of the idea that like Pioneer was supposed to be the new modern, modern is the new legacy, and legacy, and they didn't explicitly say this, but legacy is the new vintage, and it just kind of is, is it'll, it'll die away in darkness like the dodo. Yep. Which means we need to buy Pioneer decks, just so you know. Oh, but I think we'll just play Modern. I, which I do. I do love Modern right now. It's a lot of yeah, fun. I'm, like I said, I'm just, I need to put together Affinity. Yeah, it, it really is really nice to see them throw some attention our way because we get quite a little, quite little of it. And we're, so, it's funny, we are definitely one of the smallest portion percentage-wise of Magic players there are. But I think we are some of the highest invested Magic players in terms yeah. of monetarily. There are probably some commander players that are invested more than us, but well, I mean, we were talking about it before the show, just going over these lists, and I was like, "Wow, I that four color control yeah. deck looks great." And then you look at the price; it's eight thousand yep. dollars. That's a good used car. Like this is, I had actually talked to a, a, a gentleman at the tournament this weekend, and we were discussing the reserve list, and the legacy is more expensive now than vintage was when I started playing legacy. Yep. Like, just let that sink in. It's the trend line is not looking good. Yeah. Once upon a time, underground seas were 50 bucks and black lotuses were a hundred. And now I looked up last night cause I, so some of my reserve list cards, I kind of have a, a price in my head that I'm willing to sell out at and like underground seas market price on TCG is like $850. Yep. Like if it hits a thousand, I'm going to strongly consider. Yeah. And I got, I got the two that we have for like 400. Yep. I, I, th I think I paid 550 for mine from you. Was yep. some trading involved. Yeah. 
It was about 550s worth. I mean, I bought my tropical island at 180. I looked at the PayPal sheet and it's like 700 bucks. Yep. Like there's, we, we talked to the tournament. I think I'm done buying reserveless cards. I used to, I really like collecting magic. I was talking to my wife about it. I don't just like playing magic. I do. I like collecting. Me too. I love looking at my binder and seeing my dual lands, seeing my fetch lands. And I think I'm done collecting reserveless cards. Yeah. Too much. It's one of the best feelings in the world when like I sit down, you know, we were talking about, uh, something we should mention eventually uh currently it looks like we're going to be on the commander craft the episode before thanksgiving that yeah, wednesday we're, night we're trying to plan out a really cool like hosts only commander cup episode it'll be the 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 wednesday before thanksgiving it'll be the plane stalkers channel on twitch.com yeah and so like i was just thinking about it and i love the fact that there's almost no legacy or edh deck that i can't put together mm-hmm. like I'll just pick one that I think is going to be fun for everybody to watch get yeah. played, and I will just build it. I love having a big collection of magic. It's very hard to grow your collection when an individual card costs a thousand dollars. Yeah, they can. Like, and it's, mo- I don't think there are any individual cards other than like Tabernacle and Legacy that are a thousand dollars. But I mean, if you want to buy a near mint dual land, they're pushing it. Yeah, we're we're looking at seven to eight hundred dollars for a lot of the relevant dual lands. Right. So, and that's for a single one. Anyway, well, let's let's get all this downer subject. Yep. We actually did get to record a little mini, like, 35, 40-minute kind of pre-tournament prep episode the night yep. before. After it we, was, yeah, when we were, we got some testing in, we yep. recorded, We just finished testing. playing, you know, four or five matches. Uh, we were chit-chatting about deck choices, and we'd even, I think I'd even changed some of the cards in my board. We were moving stuff around. We got all together. They um, Since they host the podcast, it was funny. We spent about an hour and a half trying to find a cord for our microphones, because yep. he left his at home. But... We had a great little 40-minute episode just talking about our decks, why we're playing what we're playing. We kind of expanding on what we did last week, you know, yeah. and then he talked about his deck, his death and taxes list, and why he's running what he's running. You know, I highly recommend everyone listens to us. Go check them out at The Family Gathering. Um, that episode is is not quite indicative of what their show usually is. The show is is typically Derek and Joe with their two children, Valentine and Jonathan, Jonathan who... Um, they're kind of getting into magic and teaching magic. Their, their tagline is keeping magic in the family. Yep. They primarily play Popper. Yep, that's kind of what they're using. Popper and Limited, that's kind of how they're teaching their children how to play magic. It's a really wholesome and fun podcast to listen to. The yep. um, Joseph and Valentine are just so excited about magic. They're so happy to be playing. Derek and Joe are doing a great job of kind of guiding them into this world. I, I recommend checking them out if yeah, anything to hear our episode. It's but super fun. Stuff. Like I listen to them every week. Yep, me too. Every, every, I've listened to every single episode. Yep. It's just a great time. I've been on there before as well. There was an episode when uh, we were talking about Modern Horizons 2. Yep. You called uh, Chatterstorm, for example. Called Chatterstorm and called Shardless Agent and Modern. Yep. So, again, quick shout out to them. And if you want some more of our content, basically, we kind of guests, we got to be guests on his show. Let's move into our tournament. Um, I thought what would be fun is if we kind of come in, we'll give you how we felt about the tournament. We took we took a couple notes for our rounds. We'll give you a kind of our play-by-play on what we played against and how we did. Uh, TLDR, no one made $800 this weekend. Nope. Matt came close, but he sucks at magic. I did that last round. I didn't come close because I suck at magic. But so we were at Postboard Gaming in Findlay, Ohio, which sorry to interrupt you. That store is probably the best game shop I've been to in a very That's long exactly time. what I want to say. Super clean. I mean, it sounds kind of weird. The bathroom was clean. Yep. It was a yeah, it was like a, I walked into the bathroom was like, wow. Well, it was like a we clean bathroom in a game store. We pulled to the building because we were driving through town. And we were like, where's the game shop? Blah, blah, blah. And we went, we rolled past this building, which was looked like an old, outdated building. And we were like, yep, that's what a card shop looks like. And then once you get in the inside, really recently renovated yes. new flooring, new walls, new paint, clean. Yep. Cool. 
Like it was like I was I was actually it was it felt great. I was a little chilly in mm -hmm. while we were playing yep. as opposed to being sweaty because there's 40 or 50 people crammed doing a, a we, uh, tiny room with no ventilation. We had elbow room. Yeah, there was plenty of room. I was comfortable all day. They had plenty of access to it was, snacks. The tournament was excellently managed. It flowed quickly. Yep. They, Every round went, went off without a hitch. We did six rounds. Most of them went to time within, you know, five minutes of round one ending. We were playing round yeah, two. They did it really quickly, really well. I want to give tons of credit to Postport yeah, Gaming. I, for a, an amazingly well-run tournament, and that's not an easy thing to do. Right. If Doctor Who was real, I'd have like him grab that chop and just teleport a lot. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man, yeah. That, I'd love to be able to. Like, it was, we'd play a lot more if that was our local oh, shop. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. Tons of credit. If you're in the Ohio area near Findlay, check them out on Facebook. Yeah, run, I would recommend going to any event that you play in that format. If, they're, if you're within a couple hours or whatever, go yeah. there. I, I mean, mean, it was yeah, great. We'll it was keep fantastic. I'm not opposed to going back for another tournament if the you know if we can get another one. Yep, if the stars align and we can yeah. go again, it's kind of rough for me to get weekend days off, but like we'll try it. The next exactly. one I can go to, I'm going to be there. Yep. It's a great shop, and it's three and a half hours away. All right, so round one, we show up. You're playing. I'm playing elves, and I'm playing essentially a Jeskai tempo, Jeskai mid range deck. Yep. Round one, what'd you play? I played against Blue Red Delver. How'd you do? I beat him two zero. Game one, I just kind of did my thing. Mm -hmm. Blasting right through counter spells with that Allosaur Shepherd, aren't you? Yeah, actually, I think that's pretty much what happened. I got Allosaur Shepherd out, ramped up to just enough creatures, and uh, swung in with a natural ordered Crater Hoof. Um, game two was quite a bit more grindy. We both had our sideboard cards in and whatnot. Uh, I ended up, we basically just kind of hit a stalemate to some degree, and then I just built up enough mana to hard cast Crater Hoof and swung in. in nice. Game. Yep. So. Also, Shepard really old. pulling his own weight there. He he's because that used to be. I mean, it wasn't good. it wasn't a terribly hard matchup, but that was a difficult matchup for elves when they had the blue red delver had lightning bolt for some spot removal and counter spells for the important spells. Right, and the biggest thing is elves has been a pretty big victim to the power creep that's mm -hmm. happened in Magic, and Allosaurus Shepherd is the thing is the one card that it has got that's on the level of some of the more modern cards. Yep, that have been printed. So it's. It's what kind of keeps you in some of these games sometimes. Oh, for sure. Where it's just like, uh, yeah, I don't care about your dazes and your ponders. I just resolve my spells and my my spells win the game. Yep. Your yours generate value. Mine win the game. So. Nice. So my round one, I played against a Grixis that shadow list, and I kind of I had a bit of a misread when we first started playing because turn one he shocks in a watery grave and thought sees, and obviously your first thought there should always be death shadow yep. Grixis or blue white or blue black death shadow. But we're playing in a 10 proxy limit tournament. And so my first thought was like, either he's on Death Shadow or maybe he didn't have enough room for all of his proxies. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously, I don't know what his list is like. Maybe he didn't have. I could totally see if, if you have watery graves to use those as maybe your maybe one of your underground seas so you can fit room for your other. Yeah, proxies I mean, that are you, when we were putting together your deck, that's exactly what we was did. very close to putting a heck of hallowed fountain. Yeah. And you know, he didn't fetch for it. He just dropped it. So I kind of have a bit of a misread there, but he took something. Um, but then right on my turn, I was able to drop down. I had two death, uh, not death right shamans, DRCs. DRCs in my hand, dropped one. And then, uh, all right, I think I went first. So I went DRC, he went thought Seas, And then next turn, I was able to wasteland him off black, which basically ended up keeping off black the whole game. Got my second DRC down and then was able to get them up into, into three threes pretty quick and just punched him for six, like three turns in a row and killed him. Yeah. And you're running four swords and yep. Ton yeah. Tons of removal. Like I was prepared for that deck for sure, but ended up not needing them. And then game two, the guy got really unlucky. Had to mold a four. Then ended up, you know, he molded a four, played a, played something. I think I countered it and then wastelanded him. And he did like two more draws and was like, yeah, we're done. Because yeah. it just, 
you know, that, took him out of the game. I love winning. And obviously when there's a lot of money on the line, you know, yep. my opponent can, that sucks, but whatever. But it does suck when you're mm -hmm. like, we drove three hours to play. I'd like to play a game of magic and not just get. Well, so throughout the day, I had some bad beat stories and I don't mind losing. Obviously, I don't like losing. I'm a very competitive person. I don't mind losing. What I hate is not playing. Yeah. And so I had a lot of sympathy for him and that he didn't lose that game. He just didn't get to play it. He didn't play. The first game he lost. We played. He had a thought season. I think, I think he made the wrong decision on his thought sees. You know, we played that game and I, I had the threats. I had the backup. I was there. Game two, he just didn't play. Yep. And like those, like I had a couple of games like that where I didn't play and that hurts. Hurts my soul when it happens to me. Hurts my soul when I see it happen to somebody else. I always want to play the game. I just want to end up playing a little better than you. Yeah, I want to win, but I also do yep. want to play Magic. So that was my round one. So we both went into round two. Yep, 1-0. Uh, uh, basically two. Uh, yeah, 1-0. Yep. We, we both had a clean sweep. Yep. What'd you do for round two? So round two, I played against Infect. Um, I did not win. It was very close. Mm -hmm. uh, I lost the die roll, which against Infect is... Almost certain Half death. the battle, um, especially, especially have, game one. Like When you have no removal, yeah. no counterspells. So game one against Infect, I have almost no way to interact with him. It's literally just a race, and he gets mm -hmm. to play first. And that's exactly how game one played out. Uh, he killed me, and I had lethal on board if I got to untap again. Good game. Cool. Yep. I mean, we're both trying to accomplish the same thing. He won the die roll. That's the way it goes. Uh, game two, obviously, I'm on the play. Uh, smoked him. I mean, nothing really spectacular. Elves just did its thing again. Yep. Killed him quick. Um, and then you got him on where once he went, once he gets to go first again. Yeah. So now he's going first on game three and game three was quite a bit more interesting. I had a little, I actually drew some of my interactions. So I had a abrupt decay and assassin's trophy to deal with some things, bought mm -hmm. myself a couple turns, but he ended up just having it. I mean, again, it was, he beat me by a turn. Yep. yep. I forget if it was turn four, three or four. He swung with a ink moth nexus and I assassin's trophied it because he had, three or four cards in his hand and some open mana. Yep. yep. Uh, then the next round, which I, I don't have a ton of experience playing against Infect. Looking back, I probably should have waited for him to do something, but they do have a couple cards that can make their creatures untargetable as well. Yeah. So they could also counter the AT. And I kind of, he hadn't played another threat yet. Yeah. So my thinking there was a, like, if he, if I can get rid of the Nexus, yep. like if I can uh, almost force him to let me kill it by not, making him commit too much to it yeah maybe he'll just let that happen and that will buy me the one turn i yep. need yeah I, I think a valid strategy against that is if you can just force their threats off the board and make it so they are just required to draw another threat and then here's what happened though because uh, i also had an abrupt decay in my hand yeah so i was like okay well i'll kill this one whatever happens happens and uh -huh. then i will be able to kill if he plays another creature we're good uh -huh. what happened is he then you know he just let me kill the nexus fine we're good there he then plays um the unblockable infect guy i can't think of his name off the top of my head uh -huh. two mana one one unblockable infect yeah i can't i just can't think of the name real quick and then he then he hit his land drop and played another nexus oh so now he's got double now he's got two yep. and my abrupt decay doesn't hit the nexus yep and On land so i took my turn just missed it by one mana he swung and killed me swung with both of them you know i abrupt decay the creature awaited yeah. no blocks wait for him to hit it but he had the uh I think it's what become immense. Oh, like plus six, plus six or whatever. Yeah, for the land. Yep. So like he had that. So he had three. So, he, you know, I wait for him to use one on the creature, respond with abrupt decay. He pivots to the nexus and has enough to kill me with. Yep. So it just, you know, the only way for me to win that one that was just to kill him quick. Going second, I don't think there was a way for me to win that. Gotcha. Game. Yeah. That, that, with I that mean, hand that I kept. But the hand I kept. Infects tough. Two removal. 
You yeah. know, it, you, it seemed I mean, like a reasonable. You got to kill him. You can't keep a hand. You can't just fish for a hand that's only removal because you still have to win this game. Right. And, and you're a critical mass deck. You have to get some elves out and do some shit. So yeah. So he just, you know, we played a good game of magic. Yep. He was so that just reminded me of one thing. I will say this: every single person I played against was a great person. Yep. Like we were chatting the whole time. Yeah, I had they a lot of good friendly opponents. Friendly games. You know, everyone like Lots we were laughing. Jokes. I was, yeah, you know, he beat me. And I was like, good game, man. That was, you know, and the, we were, everybody was just in a good mood. Yeah. So I think everybody was just excited to play some legacy and right. that you could really tell that the energy in the room was very positive yep. and fun. And it was and, a good, it was a good meta. Like yeah. you'll see by the end of this, we'll talk about what we played. What we experienced was, was actually a great meta. We sit here and complain every week about the MTGO challenge meta. The meta that we got to play was phenomenal. Correct. So that speaking was my of, round two. Speaking of phenomenal meta on round two, I played Bug Shardless, which I was not prepared for. Did not plan on seeing Shardless Agent. At least not unless it was like a cascade, kind of like a crashing football. Like, like stack. It, it wasn't even crashing footballs. Yeah, it was just value. It was just value into things like him to Turok, uh, the ancestral ancestral recall or whatever, ancestral yep. visions, yep. Uh, thought sees, ponder. Just kind yeah, of, I mean that's like a bug. Yeah, it, it, bug that, list from that's ye oldie bug uh, yeah. bug Shardless Agent bug agent. So. Like it was really fun. That was a fun game. Game one, I can't remember what happened. Game one, I think I just beat the crap out of him. Game one, like I was, was like, I had the answers. Oh, I know what happened. Game one, I pulled him off of green. Mm-hmm. So we were playing. I basically kind of the same thing as round one, where I kind of got a threat going. He did some things. I did some things. And then right when he had his, he he made his three mana and he did something. I think like him to Turok, probably yeah. trying to clear the way for it. And then I was like, next turn, boom, hit your tropical island. No more green for the rest of the game than just beat him to death. Yeah. Game two took almost the entire, like we finished game two with, I want to say four minutes left on the clock. Yeah. This was my draw, obviously. Game two was a lot of fun where we kind of, it was a lot of back and forth. I ended up keeping a very controlly type hand with lots of removal and just really kept him off of stuff, kept him off of creatures, kept him off of spells, really controlled him. He also controlled me. I, I tried to get one or two threats down. He shut that down. And we had one of those where it's like, Draw go, draw go, draw go. We just we've each got maybe one land out, mm-hmm. and we're just drawing and going, baby. And he ended up. It's not, what's what is the ancestral one? It's, an, it's ancestral vision. Ancestral visions. He was able to get that suspended and just wait the four turns. And, yep. and after he drew three, I, you know, he was. We were looking at five cards to two, and he just rolled away with the game. It just went bonkers. So lost that one, and then game three, we got to where like he killed my Merktide and then cast a Tarmogoyf, and that was time and round. So. So, that was a fun match. Draw had, for round two. Draw for round two. I had a lot of fun playing him. That was a really good match. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. And he was, again, a good guy. Yep. So round three. How'd you do? So round three, I won uh, 2-1. I was planning, uh, playing against Manalist Dredge. Mm-hmm. Uh, game one, I took it easily. Uh, just basically outraced him. Uh, I mean, was, Dredge is fast. That's pretty... Yeah, I mean, I had a... Without having Glimpse or Natural Lord, I basically had the nuts. So <laughs> by turn... Three, I think I had five or six elves out and a guy's cradle, and one of them was Allosaurus Shepherd. So I was just like, pay six, swing for 25. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that'll do it. Yeah. So, and he hadn't, he just, he whiffed on his dredges. Yep. I mean, that's basically, he had a, cu- he had a couple creatures out, but he hadn't like really kicked yeah. off. I mean, yeah. When dredge kicks off, the game's over. Yeah. They, they, they flip the most of their deck and then you're dead. Yeah. So I just won game one pretty easily. Game two, his deck did his thing. Yep. Uh, he beat me by a turn. I was about to swing in. What, and, it, what it boiled down to was, then you say game two, you just never found your ley line. Yeah. Yep. Just didn't. Well, what happened is I, I opened it up in my seven, but the seven was completely unplayable. Uh-huh. It, no lands. It was ley line and then like natural order, natural order, elf, 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 something yep. like that. Something along those lines. And I was like, well, I'm not going to keep that because uh-huh. 
surely he's got some yeah. way to deal with this ley line. So yeah, in theory, I buy that. myself a turn or two, yeah. maybe, while he digs for force of vigor. Yep. And then, so he won that one. He beat me by a turn. I mulligan into, into a very good non-ley line hand. Yeah. So I kept it. Uh, he beat me by a turn, killed me with the ETB off his uh, giant Golgari, tra Golgari grave troll uh -huh. with that other thing that kind of mimics Flame Tongue Kavu, but it does it for your creatures. When they ETB, they deal damage equal to their power to a creature or oh, player. Oh, Flayer of the Hatebound. Yeah, that guy. So, you know, he makes a giant uh, Golgari Grave Troll, hits me for like 50. Cool. Yep. GG. Uh, game three, I get my Ley Line and a good hand, and this was kind of funny, so I pre-game it, and he scoops. Yep. Because since I didn't play it on game two... He cited out he all of his Ley Line hate. didn't think I had him. So yeah. he cited out his force of vigors and had no way to deal with yep. it. Because it makes sense. Leyline has been going kind of the way of the dodo, where there's there's better graveyard hate people are using right now than yeah, Leyline. At least options. So it's like yeah. there's So a lot of people aren't running Leylines anymore. So he just totally read you on no ley lines to be had. So he's like, Well, take these crappy force of vigors out, and yep. then you're like Leyline. This thing you can't remove. Yep. So yep. didn't even play game three, just won it because he just scooped. Yep, so. you got him. So pretty cool i had a similar thing happen in my in my uh, round three where i got to play against ninjas it was a, again a really cool like a lot of times i sat down and went that's a cool deck in my head yep. and i just i love ninjas it's an amazing deck it was funny we sat down and he uh, he won the die roll so he goes swamp um changing outcast and i looked at him and i said are you on ninjas leaning over to write down ninjas on my notepad yep. and he said he kind of played off coy like eh, eh, not really you know and I stopped and I was like, in fairness, there may be something I'm not aware of. I'm not going to, we'll see where this goes. Maybe he's on zombies. So who knows? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I pull it back. I pull my pen back and I, I click it close. And then he played Ornithopter. And I was like, okay, cool. Ninjas. Yep. Throw that down. I think game one, he just totally steamrolled me. He just had, he had a lot of ninjas. He did really well. He sequenced well and just beat the crap out of me. He was able to control my board, counter my stuff, kill my stuff. Took me out. No problem at all. Game two. He brought in ley lines and I just didn't even think about it. Just totally misread that I had to play around ley line. Yep. And so I didn't bring in, I basically have one wear and tear as my ley line removal, which going back, I would definitely change that deck up a little bit and yeah, put and some more ley line removal in. We ran into that issue with rest in peace during yes. our testing. But I can remove but prismatic rest. ending yes. gets rid of rest in peace. It's much harder. I mean, I think it it's is. literally impossible. It, it, to yeah, I cannot remove You don't it have a fourth color. I right? don't. Yeah. Because uh, I don't have Ragavan. Yep. So. Uh, going back, I would change that. But he totally caught me off guard. And I, I'll be honest, I almost scooped because it's like... You're relying on Urza Sagas and DRCs to Yeah, because I took out... Because it's funny. I took out my Wastelands because he's running He's running a basic list, basic lands. Yep. And uh, I only have six mana-producing lands in the deck. And Merktide for a 3-3 three, three costs seven. Yep, so you can't even cast Literally Merktide. can't cast it. And DRC is a permanent one. It's one. a 1-1, one, one. yeah. So I almost just scooped. And I was like, well, play it out. I mean, I, I've, I've, I'm one in, I'm one in a tie. Like I, I, I'm playing for top eight still. So yep. I played it out, and I actually was able to grind it out with Urza Saga. Nice. I managed getting three Urza Sagas out over the course of the game because I believe I did bring in my expedition map. Hey, that so card I was able we talked Urza about. Urza Saga yep. for a map for an Urza Saga, and got to the point where I was able to beat him down with three threes. We had a really funny exchange where towards the very end of the game, you know, I've got two three threes. He's got some Ornithopters and a two three dude. So I'm, I'm chipping for three every turn. And he goes, you know, turn, you know, Baleful Strix. And I'm like, tap five, force a will. And he's like, Ugh, whatever, attack. And he's like, next turn, uh, Baleful Strix. And I'm like, tap five, force of will, <laughs> attack for three. And yep. he's like, geez, Louise, dude. And the next turn, he's like, ponder. And I'm like, 
tap five, <laughs> force, force of will. will. And he's like, dude, you got it. Let's go on to game three. <laughs> and game three, he proceeded to just completely smoke me. I didn't draw any of my removal. Yep. You know, I didn't side much of it out, and I just was not able at all to remove anything he played. By the end of the game, he had, there's a ninja that it's like a two, three, whenever a, it has, whenever a ninja you control deals damage, draw a card. And three of yeah, them. Yeah, ingenious infiltrator. Yeah. So you got all kinds of, you have multiple triggers. Yeah. yeah. So he got the one where he like, he got the point where he was he attacked with two and ninja didn't one more. So he like had two hits and drew six cards. Yeah. And I was like, I'll take one more draw. You got it. <laughs> and that was that um, game. That is why you've run the one Terminus in yep, that list. I needed the Terminus in that list. So that's why I was kind of bummed out that my deck kind of let me down because I really needed some removal. I held them really close to the whole game. Yeah. And then, well, and Ninjas is the kind of deck, it's similar to Elves, not in that it's a critical mass deck, but uh -huh. it has a few key pieces. Exactly. So if you can keep, because it does, the problem with Ninjas, and it's a little inconsistent, is it runs some very bad cards. Yep. So it's got Changeling Outcast, not a good card. 1-1 mm -hmm. one, one Unblockable, Ornithopter. just not enough. Ornithopter, again. These are all narrow cards. They're not, I shouldn't say they're bad, but they're very narrow. Yep. So if you can keep him off the Ninjas, yeah, then was, he's stuck with 1-1s one, and 0-2s, exactly and it's not happened. that big of a deal. Game two, I just had a, a decent bit of removal, and every time he ninjas something in, I was able just to deal it. with it in an appropriate time. Yep. And then he doesn't get his... Uh, yeah. Damage triggers. He was stuck drawing one card a turn, and I was just, I just did better. And then game two, um, he did not draw one card a turn. He drew many cards. Yep. So. And when that happens, and you're trying to one for one people, yep. and they're draw drawing two or three, and you're drawing one, you're yep. gonna he lose took, that. He took me down. So moving on to our round four. How'd you do round four? Round four, if I remember correct, yes, round four, I played uh, ninjas. <laughs> you had a ninja deck. Yes, I played. There was two. I think there. If I remember correctly, there were two. There was at least two, I should say. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, there was at but least I, two. I remember hearing that there were two people. So there gotcha. were, as far as I know, there were two ninja decks there. Uh, the guy you played had almost a completely foiled ninja deck. Yep, it was pretty dope. It was pretty, it was pretty uh, good looking. The girl I played, she was playing ninjas. Um, it was, I won game. Uh, so this was kind of a trend all night. I only won one die roll all yep, night. You played and a, that I, was against Manila Stretch. You went second a lot. Yes. I think so, I went second slightly more than half. The... I felt pretty confident after game one. I uh, I did a, a mediocre glimpse chain, uh -huh. in my opinion. It was like six or seven. That's still backbreaking for... I only drew six cards this turn. But um, it, it didn't win me the game that turn. Gotcha. So in my opinion, that's a mediocre one. Uh -huh. A bad one's when you basically just cycle it for yep. one or two. Mediocre's if you get three to five. Anything more than five, it's almost always... Even if you don't draw your deck, you win the game. Yeah. So like I drew several cards and I wasn't... It was enough, but it wasn't like a guaranteed win. But uh, managed to get it through. Uh, I think I won with Allosaur Shepherd, just tapping a cradle and swinging mm -hmm. with Allosaur Shepherd. Uh, but I won, and I was on the draw. And as soon as that happened, I was like, okay. Yeah. I won, and I was on the draw. That means I get to... At least go first once. At least go first once. I'm pretty confident that I'm going to win this match. Game two, she got me. Um, just the ninja deck just did its yep. thing. Yep, ninja's going to ninja. Yep. It, you know, got Yuriko early, drew two or three cards a turn every turn. Did you know that when you're playing Days and Force of Will against a ninja deck, you're a very unhappy person? Yeah, they, they don't, don't cast care. anything. Nope. <laughs> I'm going to Force of Will your Ornithopter. Oh my gosh. I thought cool, about did you it. know him to Turok cost zero? <laughs> yeah. So game two, she won. Uh, game three, uh, again, I was I knew I was on the play and yep. I just natural, I just got a quick natural order off swung for 20. You steamrolled him, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. 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 Games games one and three weren't close. Nice. So going into my round four, I played against Maverick. Also wasn't prepared to play against Maverick. Uh, I played a lot of really fair, fair decks, and I was not prepared to play a bunch of fair, fair decks. I was kind of I kind of brought that list because I was planning on 
I wanted to be a little bit better than the than the blue red Delver decks. I wanted to have some game against the Jeskai tempo decks, and I wanted to be good against combo decks. Mm-hmm. And then I just played relatively fair decks all day. Yep. And some of them I beat. Most of them beat me because again I'm playing on one for oneing, and and I just you can't do that with a deck that's just better at one for oneing. Yeah. Especially with Maverick, you know, my premier removal spell being Prismatic Ending, all their crap costs three and four. Yeah. Like, I can't keep spending three mana on my removal spells. I played Maverick. Game one was pretty rough. Uh, I had to mulligan down kind of low. I never liked doing it. It's a fair deck, but you know, we did it. And yep. I just kind of got swamped. I just didn't have the, the, the cards to stay with him. I ended up getting out a Murktide and, you know, I countered one or two of his ways to try and kill it. And then he got a green sun off for Grist, took out my Murktide, and I was completely out of the game by then. He got, you know, neither Reliquary, Questing Beast. And then with, with a Grist making insects, I'm like, you yep. got it. Yep, that's <laughs> I'm not enough. coming back from this. Game two was pretty good. I was able to get a threat down. Basically, wastelanded him off. I think I wasteland. I dazed into a wasteland, kept him off color, kept him off mana, and just beat the crap out of him over the course of like three or four turns. And he was like, you got it. We're yep. done. Turn one volcanic, yep. DRC, followed up with a wasteland and a daze, and that's what the deck's trying to do. Exactly. We do, yeah, we had, we had the perfect game two. And then game three was kind of the first day of the first game of the night where like I just like, you know, I didn't play magic at all. I had a I had a tough Mulligan decision. I went from seven to six. And I really didn't want to go to five against Maverick. And I had a semi, it was one of those things where like this hand is playable. I have lots of disruption. I just need to get hold of a land in the next turn or two. And, you know, it was, it was a turn one. I, I, I was able to force a will, a very relevant spell, wasteland him off his only land, and then proceed to not draw my next land for the next seven turns. I, I actually, I never drew one. I conceded before I ever drew a land. Gotcha. Uh, he just, he, I mean, he had like four or five lands up and I had zero. Yep. I never, I haven't played a land. I haven't played a spell. I'm going to discard. So deck kind of let me down there. In hindsight, I definitely should have mulliganed to five. I don't know if I could have won on a mulligan to five against... Did he mulligan? No, he stuck on seven. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going against seven. So, you know, and that maybe there was no perfect decision there. I'm sure I made my mistakes, but my deck kind of beat me there. It happens. If you're, we've said, if you're going to win a tournament, you got to get lucky, and I didn't get lucky. Yeah, you at least can't get uh, very unlucky. If you're yeah, to. for sure, and I got kind of unlucky there. So that's what happens sometimes, but... That was my round four. That was basically my last one I could lose. Once I lost that, I was out of contention for the top eight. Um, so I kind of got a little frustrated. Yep. Kind of, and, and also kind of just started taking these a little less, a little less seriously then, because I we're out of the top eight. I played one or two. I think I played one more match, and I'm done. Yep. Yeah, just for that funsies. Was, that was the thing about this tournament is I was still in contention for top eight up until the last round. Uh huh. Uh, we'll get to that later. But uh, you and Derek, the other guy from the Family Gathering podcast that we're very close friends with. Mm-hmm. He came with us. He drove down from northern Indiana up in Goshen, South Bend area, mm-hmm. drove down. Then we drove to Ohio to play. So it was a little rough when you guys effectively got knocked out a little early, but then still had to sit around while I was playing. Yep. Yeah, we well, we ended up, it was kind of nice. We went, went across the street and we got the, uh, it was the uh, three loss, we went got three lost dinner. Gotcha. We've lost three matches. We're going to get some food. Yep. Um, that was my round four. Round five, how'd you do? So round five, I played Bomberman. Uh, game one, he beat me by a turn. He won the die roll. He yep. beat me by a turn. You should win more die rolls. I tried. <laughs> Just not my forte, I guess. <laughs> I mean, to put it into perspective, I lost with an 11 once. <laughs> and I lost with a 9. On 2d6. On 2d6, I lost with a 9 and an 11. Pretty rough. So... It's just not my day to go first. I did, um, talking about die rolls, I did for funsies. I think it's my bug eight, my bug opponent. I was like, I got my sixes, and I was like, come on, 12. And we're like a seven. And then he wrote 12. Yep. And like, I was like, you stole my 12. Yep. So, and that was the funny thing is like, so I almost always build most of my sideboard to play combo decks. Mm-hmm. 
because I've always, I've, as we've discussed before, I'd rather lose a game I get to play than just lose on turn two. Yep. Um, so that's kind of where my sideboard was at. I pivoted a little bit because I thought Delver and Merktide, like I should say Tempo and Merktide and that kind of stuff was going to be a little more prevalent. By now, you're starting to realize that at least the decks I played, I, I didn't play another against another Merktide all night. Mm-hmm. Um, so my sideboard took a little bit of a hit against combo decks. And uh, against this one, it was fine. I had thought seizes and ley lines. That's about the best thing I can do against yeah. Bomberman. Um, so game one, he beats me by a turn. Game two, we have an amazing game of magic. It was so good. A little frustrating because he got top, he got like runner, runner, runner. Uh-huh. But then I beat him after he Oof. got, he blast zoned me two turns in a row on elves and Jeez I won. <laughs> he top decks blast zone. zone. I've got wirewood symbiotes, pick them back Get up. Some stuff. So I pick up, I think I've, I can't remember exactly, but I think I had like heritage druid Quarian ranger. Uh-huh. My symbiotes die, but I had visionaries on the field. I think I green sun for another wirewood symbiote. Yep. And I start drawing more cards. So I'm consistently drawing like three or four cards a turn with these visionaries. Yep. And blast zones, again. blast zones again. And I still managed to recover. So that, that was a very good game. Yeah. I'm sure there's, you know, I probably could have played better as always. There's always room for improvement. I was very rusty. Yeah. I haven't played in paper in a while. Me either. Yeah. So not only was I nervous, tired, but also rusty, but I still beat two top deck blast zones. Yep. Like, I was very happy with that. Played your outs. Um, game three. He he got containment priest on me. No, mm. that no, that was game two. Game three, he just comboed off pretty quick. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, another loss. Yeah, then. we just we raced. I I mean I like I flooded the board. I was just a turn behind again. Yep. So like when I died, I had four elvish visionaries on the board. Yeah. He had uh, he had hit me with uh, a walking ballista on two to like take care of some stuff. Yep. Uh, Bomberman's got a lot of game against elves. It's yep. just. It's got a lot of pingy stuff. They're good at removing X1s. Right. And then, you know, they have a combo finish, which I can't interact with very well. Yep. So it was a it was a great game. Have Again, you, have a you thought great about running blue for force of will. Yeah, but just so boring. <laughs> I'd like to live life well, on the edge a little bit. I would say winning isn't boring, but I wouldn't know. I didn't do I wasn't very bored on <laughs> right. Sunday. Not exactly needing advice over here. No. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my my round five I lost. So at this point, I am three and two. My round five, I lost. I'm now three or two and I am, yeah, three and two. Yeah. Yep. You essentially need, you need one more win. Yes, I need you one need more win. You need to win your fourth round to top eight. So I beat Delver, Ninjas, and Manalist Dredge. Yep. So, you know, I'm like ready to go into round six. Yep. Uh, Real contention for getting into the top eight. Yeah. So yep. I just need to, basically, I just need to beat my guy in round next, six and I'm ready to match. go into yep. the top eight. Uh, I went into round five pretty casually. Like I said, I'm pretty much out. I'm pretty done. I'm kind of just playing because Matt's here. Uh, we, I mean, me and Derek, we're both we're both out of the running here, but our buddy has a chance to top eight. We're not going to we're not going to give him a hard time on that. So by all means, played out. I actually had to play against legit blue red Delver it was a relatively unfun match. I was kind of checked out. I was tired. I was hungry. Um, I want to say game one was a mold of five. Yep. And I still almost won. Came really close, but mold of five just couldn't pull it out. And then uh, game two was a similar thing where I think I kept like a two land hand and then just didn't draw a land for the next six turns. You know, against Blue Red Delver. Against Blue Red Delver. So I think he wastelanded. He, I basically, he wastelanded one of them. I think I got like eight. I think I, what happened was I got one DRC off yep. for my setup turn. Then he wastelanded me. Then he removed my DRC. And I didn't draw a land for six turns. And I lost the game. Kind of sucked, but I was, you know, I kind of checked out. It's whatever. We're just playing some yep. magic. So relatively uninteresting games of magic to be had there. We actually had, I had, had a nice chat with him afterwards. We had a pretty quick match. Was he so. the guy who I played first round? Not sure. Not, no clue. Yeah. I oh, didn't. actually, I do know. 
No. Gotcha. I remember because okay. I got to come and watch. Him yeah, match. it was. It was, was. it was not him. It was a different gentleman. Gotcha. Uh, we sat. We were. Look, he was looking through my deck because I had, I was running a, a really non-standard list. You know, we really brewed that list up ourselves from a stock list, yeah. and so we were looking at the mana bases and whatnot. And he was actually giving us, for whatever reason, he gave us both high praise on uh, the quality of our tundras. Although he did say mine was in a much better shape than yours. Ha ha ha. I'll guarantee you, mine costs less. Yeah. <laughs> Mine cost ninety bucks. How much you pay for yours? Uh, about four hundred dollars worth. <laughs> right. I, I think I, I think I traded a buyu for like three hundred and an extra hundred, hundred and fifty for the rest of it. Yep, I got mine four or five years ago. Ugh. Anyway, that was the end of my tournament. Though after that, I, I dropped out. Uh, I met up with Derek and we went and got some food. So that's my round five. Round six. How'd you do, Matt? This is the this is it. So, We've been playing all day for this. By now, I got to preface this because I'm not. I don't want to make any excuses, but. On our last episode, we talked about what you need to do to prepare for a tournament, right? Uh -huh. And what did I say? Eat, sleep, caffeinate. Yep. I only was able to do two of those three. My dog has can had cancer and had his toe removed. Yeah. So he's doing a good day now. before the tournament. He's doing good now. He's Everyone. doing. He's in much better shape. He's, he's walking cleanly. He's gimpy, but he's. Yep. But that night he was still in a lot of pain, and mm -hmm. he kept me and my wife up all night. Yeah. So. I maybe got an hour's worth of sleep Saturday night into Sunday. Then we get up, we drive three and a half hours. Now yep. I've played magic for almost six hours. Yep. Now it's time to sit down for round six for my win. <laughs> yeah. So I was really excited though, because pregame actions, hey, I'm playing Yorion. I'm like, oh my God, all I have to do is beat death and taxes. Yep. I this Which, my, on this on this podcast, we've said is basically a buy for elves. It's as close as you can get. And not only that, but the uh, it's the deck I have the most practice against. Yep. Derek, the guy who came with us from the Family yep. Gathering podcast, plays Death and Taxes. Yeah, we we played seven or eight matches of Death right. and Taxes. So I've played, I know the Death and Taxes matchup in and out. I didn't see anything that surprised me, so that's not an excuse. But game one, like, I came in really, like, confident and just played very poorly. Yeah. I was just tired. The problem was what happened, he had uh, Stoneforge Mystic out of GTA very early and I kept trying to play around that and try to kill him really quickly before he could get any advantage out of it. And so I kept trying to fire off poor glimpse of natures that just, you know, I, I'd glimpse, I'd draw one or two cards and then they'd be done. But I was just tr in too much of a hurry. Yeah. And then I just kind of ran out of gas. He dropped a cauldron and beat me. Well, down. you said you you even made a mistake and played him out of order. Yeah, the that just, was that was game two. Oh, I apologize. Yeah, I had one shot. No, that no, that you're right. That was game one. The, my last <laughs> glimpse, I was so tired, I literally, I Asked. think I said glimpse of nature, but I cast Allosaurus Shepherd, yeah. drew my card, and then I was like, oh, shit. And then I showed him the glimpse of nature that I uh -huh. had, and at that point, I just scooped, because like even after seeing the card, there wasn't anything I could do, Like yeah. even if he was kind enough to let me take it back yeah. or whatever, but if we resolve that. The polite thing there is kind of be like, wow, I completely ruined this board state. I will concede. Well, yeah. Well, and I was dead next turn anyway. Oh, yeah, it just okay. wasn't worth going through the motions. It was like, basically, I had to glimpse and hit elf, 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 elf. Basically, yeah. I needed to win that turn, pull off the glimpse, you, like a perfect glimpse wasn't chain. going to happen. And I revealed the one card and it wasn't even an elf. Yeah, okay. So it was just like, we're done. Like, yep. this is cool. Let's go on to game two. Sideboarding, in my opinion, like... Most of the time, I feel pretty confident in game two. They they have some silver bullets, mm -hmm. but I get to bring in stuff against them. Yep. And you know, this time I had I packed uh, five single tried two abrupt decays and three assassins trophies. Yeah. Like, be I'm enough. like, sure, whatever. Turn one, I play an elf. Yeah. Duh. He goes turn one, Graftigger's cage. I keep kept a hand with elf, guy's cradle, 
Natural Green order. Sun Zenith, uh-huh. Natural Order, Natural. Yeah, and he happened to find his one or two of. Yeah, he you know he's looking at the list. He probably had one, maybe two Graft Diggers cages yeah. in an eighty card deck. Turn one's it. I die with three Natural Orders and a Green Sun Zenith. In Rough. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So not only did he draw exactly what he needed, you drew all the things you needed to not Correct. draw. Yeah. yeah. So. It was just so you know, what, what is probably a like a 70 30 like you get 70 percent of those matches. Well, yep, that, well he got a, his 30. There's a 30 percent of the time you lose. So he and I were talking after the game and the I'm not trying to I don't want to in any way detract against what he did because he was also on the bubble. So he had he was in the almost the exact the exact same situation. Only he had to be elves to fucking get yep. in. And he did. And that's good for him. Yep. He won those games. He played very well in game one and two. You know, Graft Diggers Cage did a lot of work in game two for him, but game one, it was back and forth. That was a grindy game, yeah. and it went long. He earned and it. And he he earned, he absolutely earned it. So congratulations to him. I hope he did well. I hope everybody I played against did well. Everyone was super cool there. Yep. Like It was a good tournament. It was one of the best tournaments I've ever been to. There was very little salt being thrown around. I only had one bad interaction with one of the players. I'm not going to say who or what round. Yep. It was just and from what I heard, a great time. It wasn't even a bad interaction. No, it, it was, was. Whereas everybody was incredibly kind and laughing and happy. This person was a little more stoic. Yeah, maybe a little salty. About Basically, something, a little salty. But yeah, like we didn't have the the horror stories you hear of. Well, no one stank. Nobody was rude. Nobody was messy. Nobody dropped anything or threw anything. It was or, the ideal scenario for yeah. paper magic. Forty guys got together, a, played magic. Everyone had a great time. Was a, so it was a girl there. Yeah. We, had, we had 39s with yeah. 38 guys. Yeah. Now. But yeah, it was a, just a group of everyone I dealt with really good people. Yeah. So had a so, fantastic time. Yep. So There's, yeah, one more time, shout out Postboard Gaming. Uh, they obviously the people there wasn't all of them, but they host a wonderful environment. Yeah. Couldn't. I literally don't have an, a single negative thing to say about the store mm-hmm. or the tournament. Yep. I had a fantastic time. I wish I would have played a little better in round six. Yep. But I mean, the only thing I can say is I wish they were in Indiana and not in Ohio. Oh my god! Yeah, if that was if that place was an hour and a half drive, I'd, I'd be there every week. Yeah, well, we'd be going to their modern thing coming up in a week or two. Right. Like I, said, I think they said they had a modern thing this weekend or next weekend. Yeah, a modern one K. So I, yeah, check them out, guys. I highly recommend. But yeah, being three and a half hours away, I basically yeah. have to take the day off well, of work. Was, yeah, we spent we we yeah we don't have the really the ability to stay the night or anything. So it's we spent seven hours on the road that day and played six seven hours of high level intense complicated magic. Yep, it's hard. Yeah, it was but a good day though. It was fun. We had a good time. Well, Matt, is there anything else you want to cover in today's episode? I don't think so. I think that just about covers it. Gotcha. Other than that, if there's anything you want to ask us, tell us, let us know. Hit us up at cantripcartel at gmail.com. If you want to check us out on our Plain Soccer's Podcasting Discord, we have a Discord channel with them. We also have a Facebook group at Cantrip Cartel on Facebook. Is there anything I'm forgetting? I think we're good. All right. Well, in that case, I think we'll see you guys next week. All right. Have a nice night, guys. So I'll take the play. Snow-covered planes. Graptickers cage. <laughs>